0: Hello and welcome back. Today, my guest is Lauren. She's a professor, a doctoral student, and a mom of two. And she shares the incredible, hurtful moment when she found out the extent of her ex-husband's lies and infidelity throughout her 24-year-long marriage. We talk about deception, serial cheating, sex addiction, and covert narcissism. So please take a listen. Hi, Lauren. I'm so happy to have you on here today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I want to, as always, I want to dive right in and ask you to share your story, how you met your ex-husband, how it all started, and um, how you found out about cheating and how it all evolved from there. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Um, So almost 30 years ago, uh, we were both students at UCLA and we worked at a summer camp. Um, I saw him across the room and I was immediately attracted to him. Uh, It took several weeks for us to um, begin to form a relationship. It really started as a really awesome friendship. We got to see each other in, you know, a very natural environment with working with kids. Um, so I had this opportunity, this unique opportunity to see how he was with children. And that really um, was one of the factors that led me to fall in love with him um, because I could just see what a great dad he, he was going to make. Um, we connected intellectually, spiritually um, and we just had a really great time together. We had a lot of fun, we had a lot of shared interests. So we spent that summer together working at a summer camp, we were co counselors, we literally lived right next door to each other in the dorm. And we had a fantastic time. Um, We finished off college, I got into grad school. And I went away for a year. Um, At that point, we were going to break up, um, as a lot of couples do when when one moves out of the um, out of the city. But Uh, we talked about it and we decided that we were going to give it a go to stay together. And we did. Um, The following year, he moved um, up to sort of the area where I was, where I was finishing grad school and um, starting my job as a teacher. So um, I'm a educator. I'm a lifelong educator. I taught high school for many, many years. And now I'm actually in this higher education space. I train teachers and I teach at a local community college. Um, So um, you know, we decided to get married five years after we met, we were very young, I would say, um, we were the first of our friends to get married, but we had a very solid relationship and our families got along really well. We had similar goals and dreams. We both were, you know, on career paths, um, that were important to us and that were making contributions to society. And I just felt really good about the relationship. Um, Moving forward, you know, I had to make some sacrifices professionally uh, in order to follow him around um, for his career. Um, He's in the um, health field and he needed to do a lot of training in all kinds of places um, across the United States. So we moved from city to city to city. um, And in fact, we traveled internationally even. And um, at one point, we had to make a decision about whether or not I was going to go back and get my doctorate. Um, And unfortunately he matched in a different city than where I was accepted. So at that point we made the decision to start our family. Um, And we chose to start our family through adoption, uh, which is probably a whole other podcast to talk about. But um, uh, so we adopted our son and um, things, you know, just Things were moving along, in in my opinion, in my um, the way that I was feeling about our marriage, that we were um, having normal ups and downs, being new parents. It's always a challenge. He was very, very busy with his training, but I decided to stay home. Um, I did work a little bit. I worked part time. I was a consultant and I traveled a bit. My mother traveled with me and we took our son um, and life was pretty good. Um, at that point, he finished his training in one state, and then we moved abroad, and we spent about three months living abroad. Um, I did not enjoy living abroad, and so I told him at that point that I did not want to raise our family abroad. I wanted to return to the United States and raise our children, um, you know, here in the U.S. Um, and that made him very upset. He was very frustrated and mad, and um, grew a lot of resentment towards me for, for that decision. Um, we, uh, he was continuing his training and we made the decision to have a biological child. So we got pregnant right away. Um, we had our daughter, um, she, um, she was about three and a half years younger than our son who was adopted. And again, I made, professional sacrifices to stay home to take care of the home to run the house to take care of the children i did work continued to work part-time and on the side and when she was about a year old i went back to school and i got my administrative credential because i knew that i was going to be ready to go back to work once the kids were in school full-time um and he was very supportive of that um but it turns out that that isn't exactly what happened in fact um uh, I realized that being an administrator in a K-12 school was not going to allow me the kind of lifestyle to be the kind of mom that I wanted to be. So instead, I took a job um, he, back in our original state um, in California. And <clears throat> um, again, that was a point of contention for us because that meant that he had to leave his job and and he was growing resentment towards me um, for that. Now, mind you, I had followed him all over the world literally so that he could complete his training. And, um, and this was one instance where I had this opportunity to take on this really great job and I just couldn't turn it down. And at that point I did offer to take the children with me and, and, you know, we could go our separate ways. Um, But he said no. And so um, we relocated back to California. Um. And, and then, you know, we were just living our lives in a beautiful city, raising our children. And um, again, in my personal opinion, there were natural ebbs and flows to the relationship, natural things that happen in all relationships. You go through hard times, you have joyous times, there's lots of good memories, lots of great things. And then there were hard times. Um, Then the pandemic hit. Our children were in middle school and high school, and um, I was teaching as a professor at that point, and I had to stay at home with the children while they were in school, and um, it was tough. Uh, He was working 24-7. He was on the front lines of the pandemic um, in the healthcare field, and I was trying to do my very, very best to keep the house and the children happy. to keep things running um, in spite of the fact that he was never around and really struggling um, with what was happening in our country at that time. Uh, We had to stay inside the house all of the time because we could not risk getting him sick because he was taking care of so many patients. Well, that alone,
0: sorry to interrupt, but that alone, because I've been through the pandemic with two children, but the fact (laughs) that you couldn't leave the house and that pressure to make sure he doesn't get sick yeah i mean that is just so yeah. what yeah. did you do for your own mental health to cope with that situation
1: um i walked every day i had a group of women in the neighborhood um we we all had dogs and so we walked every morning at 6am and that was my that was my lifeline um that was really the only thing that i did wow. um and your kids, yes.
0: how, were they were they okay? Because that's a lot of pressure on them too. Yeah, it was tough on them. Um,
1: it was really really tough on them. But they have bounced back beautifully from that experience. And and to be honest, they're they've bounced back beautifully from um, you know the challenges that we experienced um, regarding the infidelity and in divorce. So that kind of whole story leads me to talking about the infidelity. Yeah, um yeah. so in June of 2022, um I walked into our bedroom and I went to go turn the music down on my ex-husband's phone because it was a little bit too loud. Um he had gone to bed before me. And um I saw a text message. And the text message was it was very clear. That there was something going on with this woman. Um, I knew her. She worked with him very closely. Um, they both were very high up in the organization. And, um, you know, my heart stopped. Um, I didn't sleep that night. Uh, my daughter was graduating and giving, you know, the graduation speech the next day. So I just had to totally hold everything together. And um, that From the point where I asked him about the text message and what was happening for the next two weeks, um, everything dribbled out about not only his affair with this woman that lasted over a year. um, And I did not know anything about it. And I there were no hints at all. Um, He he is um, incredibly deceptive, a very good liar. And he. I had absolute, there were no red flags, there were no signals, there was nothing that I can look back on during that year, other than he and I were growing apart, um, and I could feel that distance, but I just attributed that to us coming out of a very rough few years of the pandemic, and that we were both really Uh, traumatized by that experience and that we were trying to find our way back to wholeness and health. Um, As it turns out, um, once I found out about the year long affair, he also divulged that he had really been cheating on me, our whole marriage.
0: So he admitted that.
1: Yes. Um, About two weeks after the initial discovery you know, quote unquote, discovery day. um, I basically said to him, there is no way I will be able to heal. There is no way I will be able to come back from this in our marriage unless I know absolutely everything. And I know that there are a lot of women out there. I've spoken to them that don't want to know all the details. They don't want to know all of the infidelity. They just want to recover from it. And they are hopeful that their spouse will... um, won't do that again. Um, we engaged in therapy, um, that summer, um, of 2022, he went for a healing retreat for a week. Um, I was trying to find my own therapist. Um, we worked really hard to try to figure out what we were going to do and and how we were going to heal the relationship. But the truth is, is that, um, It is my belief um, that he has a sex addiction and um, that that addiction shows up in a lot of different places in his life. So it shows up in a spending addiction. It shows up in um, drinking too much. It shows up in um, exercising too much. um, And that's how he copes and deals with whatever is going on inside of him.
0: Yeah, and that makes so much sense because there is these type of men who are just continuously looking for that chemical hit. And when you mentioned like spending, alcohol, a lot of times there's some kind of substance abuse underlying and then it shows up sexual as well. Yeah,
1: and the best thing that I ever did was to finally find my own personal therapist, who is an expert in um, narcissism and um, sex addiction, because she has taught me so much about the addiction. And she has helped me to see how it existed in my marriage, you know, for 25 years, and, um, and how it plays out in the process that we're going through right now, which is finalizing the divorce. So... It was incredibly hurtful, obviously, to hear that he had been um, having affairs and one night stands with women um, in all kinds of places, um, at conferences, um, weddings that, you know, maybe I was out of town um, for and didn't go to. He seduced several um, employees at his work that were um, sort of like positionally under him,
0: and what a risky behavior is that when you have a family to care for, risking your job, risking your reputation, yeah, that is just such a clear sign of some kind addiction. of addiction an addiction yeah. yeah absolutely. absolutely. Um so
1: unfortunately, um in January, just this past January this year, um when when I began to tell my friends, you know, we I began to share the news with my friends. Um, I had a friend who actually told me that he had known that Christian had been cheating on me way back when I was um, in the home country, the birth country of my son, adopting him. Oh, my uh, that, God. Yeah. So that was five years into the marriage, 10 years into the relationship. And again, no red flags. I would never have known. And my friends did not tell me. Um, and he never admitted to that. So
0: once- how did your friends know? How did they find
1: out? Because they were at the wedding. Oh, yeah. They were at the wedding and they observed it. Um, And nobody said anything. They all, I think they all just kind of felt like that's, you know, that's their business. We're not going to get involved in that. We don't want to contribute to any problems. So that's the first actual known um, infidelity. I am now convinced that there was infidelity. Much prior to that, I, you know, um, I look back to the year that I was in grad school, and he's he was still graduating from college. I look back to that, and you know, recall hearing a rumor that he had cheated on me with a with a girl, um, and I just dismissed it. Um, there was a moment in 2008 when I was pregnant with my daughter. I was eight months pregnant, and I found some. Questionable text messages on his phone. Again, I was just walking by. You know, I want to emphasize that I was not a person who was jealous or suspicious. I never snuck into his phone, I never broke into his email. It would be one of those situations where you just walk by the phone and something flashes and you see it. So I saw some questionable text messages. Um, I confronted him at that point. Um, he swore up and down, it meant nothing. He's just a flirtatious guy and absolutely nothing was going on. He was totally dedicated to me. And at the time I had a toddler and was pregnant and Mm. about to give birth there, there was nothing I was going to do at that point.
0: And I think Um, the thing with these kind of men is that they are so good. Like you said, he is a good liar. He's, they are usually very good at gaslighting you. Like it's, and, and after long-term marriage, you have that trust in that person. So for sure. So but- when he says to me,
1: Lauren, it's absolutely nothing, you know, there's, there's absolutely nothing going on. I love you. We're about to bring our daughter. Look at all this hard work I've been doing. Look at our beautiful home, you know, and, and you just, you, you believe it, um, because you love them and, um. So there was that red flag, I think, you know, in hi- all of this, is, of course, is in hindsight, right? It's all in hindsight. Um, the next event that I would say would be pretty major is when we relocated back to California. He was very unhappy and he stayed in um, our other home for about three months while I brought the children here and um, I was establishing myself in my new job. And. <clears throat> um, and it turns out that he had a couple of one night stands while we were gone there. Um, and then when he landed, uh, back in California, um, uh, I found yet again, another text message. And this time I did break into his email and I found that he had been soliciting, um, sex and, or, uh, erotic massages, um, online. So at that point, I did leave for a few days. Um, I did come back. Um, We went to therapy. He saw a counselor three times. And at the end of those three times, he said, I'm healed. I'm better. I'm done. I'm 100% committed to the family. This will never happen again. I'm so sorry. I don't think that I knew the extent to which he was visiting these massage parlors and receiving happy endings until 2022 when he handed me an envelope full of cash. And it turns out that he had been cashing checks at the bank um, that he was receiving from work and he was keeping the cash in his work bag and using that to go get these erotic massages.
0: Oh my God, Lauren, like that extent to what he had been doing for years, that is just, I can't even, I mean, how did you even cope with all of that information? It was a lot. Um,
1: I think I was in shock most of the summer of 2022. Um, I can't really explain how I got through the summer, but I think I was in shock and we weren't telling anyone. So really the only people who knew, um, were the therapists we were working with, um, my walking partner in the morning. Um, I, I didn't even tell my two best friends, um, probably until like late October, early November.
0: Why do you think is that, that you didn't want to talk to her because, because back in 2013,
1: when I discovered, um, the massage parlor, um, incidents and the online solicitation, um, I did tell people and I received, um, lots of feedback that was un, um, unsolicited. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, um, I ended up, you know, staying with him at that time. And um, many, many of my friends were very upset with me that I was staying with him. Um, They turned against him. And so it made things very, very awkward in our friend group. Yeah. So I decided that until I had made my decision to leave the marriage, I was not going to say anything to anyone. And that included my family. I didn't tell my family um, either. So... You know, I was in shock most of the summer and it turned out that, um, you know, he just had a very difficult time giving up feelings about his girlfriend. Um, he just couldn't, he couldn't do it. So in September, I asked him to leave. He returned about six weeks later. This is all in 2022. Um, he returned and, um, I thought things were going to get better. Um, We were continuing in therapy and, um, Thanksgiving, we spent time with the family and, um, the day after Thanksgiving, I needed to go get some medication. And so I got into the car. He had left his phone in my car. It was the first time I had looked through his phone in months and months. And I just decided there was some, like some intuition, something told me, pick up the phone. I picked up the phone, I started looking through it, and he had written an email. He had not yet sent the email, but he had written the email to his girlfriend, his affair partner, Um, and he basically said, um, I'm back home, but things are not great. I don't want to be here. I know that you know, in one year, five years, or 10 years, I'm meant to be in your arms in ecstasy for the rest of my life. Um, And then he just went on and on and on and on. Um, and it became very, very clear to me that he had no intention on giving up his feelings for his girlfriend or making any changes in his life. So I returned from the drugstore, told him he had to pack up and leave. Um, he left, we were in our second home at the time. He went down, down the hill. Um, and I told him he had two days to pack up, um, everything in his, in our home. He moved out the day after Thanksgiving, <clears throat> um, And by December, I had made the decision that I was going to leave him. I told him in January and um, I lived in the house with the kids through the end of May. Um, Our son graduated from high school and um, I decided that we filed for divorce. We're in the middle of um, trying to get our settlement agreement um, solidified and dealing with a lot of financial entanglements right now which is really difficult and hard. Um, And then I moved out and I bought a new house. So I am uh, very happily settled in um, a very sweet home. Um, It is not anything close to what I used to live in. It is not as nice of a neighborhood, but it is light and bright and there are windows and it is all mine. I get to do everything that I want to do. I get to decorate it the way I want to decorate it. Um, I get to host events when I want to. Um, I'm working really hard to make my daughter's space
0: a welcoming, loving space that she loves to be in. Um, I wish, sorry, I have to interrupt you right now, but I wish the listeners could see your face right now. Like how, (laughs) from when you started mentioning you bought a house, how suddenly your eyes, your whole face lit up and the biggest smile on your face like it's so amazing and I think that's in the end what it comes down to to have like your own healthy happy place where you don't have to deal with that toxicity and and not knowing if you can trust if you're still being lied to like someone telling you okay I want to work on this but then behind your back sending emails like that it's just oh my god you don't deserve any of that so congratulations on getting your own house and getting back on your own two feet and starting over thank you
1: yeah it's been a real it's been a real joy and um i i did not realize until i left the amount of stress um that i carried because of his energy Mm -hmm. Um, you know, he, uh, was always very, um, stressed and very upset about things. And he works, um, he, you know, he's an overworker. He just works way too many hours, um, and it stresses him out and he can be unkind. Um, he did not have a good relationship with our son basically up until he started doing therapy. So that was very frustrating and, and difficult, um, it has been such a relief to not be around his moodiness. And like you said, I don't care or worry or think about what he's doing anymore.
0: Mm, that's good. That's like a huge, such a progress. Yeah,
1: yeah. The one thing I will say though, um, I I I think I've made a mistake in this process and I wanted to share that with uh, your listeners. And that is that I, I was under the illusion that we could um live sort of financially still commingled until the divorce happened and um just recently i've discovered that he has been um, dating which we both agreed that we would we were able to start dating again we we definitely um you know talked about it made that agreement told the children um there are certain obviously certain parameters around when we do that and meeting the children and how we talk about it, whatnot. But um, I've just recently discovered that he's spent probably over $3,000 whining and dining women using our money. And, um, and then he's been extremely critical of me spending money to get my house set up. Right. And, from his perspective, he doesn't understand why I'm using our commingled money to do that. And when I explained to him that I took very little from the house, I didn't take any furniture, I didn't take, you know, hardly any kitchen stuff, uh, yard stuff, you know, just all of that stuff that it requ- that's required in a home. Um, I shopped everything on the Buy Nothing group, um, Facebook Marketplace, consignment classics. I mean, I have almost entirely my entire house is used. I got things at a huge discount. I've been really, really frugal in setting up the home, um, and and trying to explain to him that of course I was going to use our family funds to do that because what where else would that money come from? And then to have him not take responsibility for the amount of money that he has spent on his you know dating. Um, a lot of, a lot of fine dining,
0: lots mm-hmm. and lots of two and $300. I mean, it just fits the picture. It's like that entitlement, right? Like you yes. felt yes. okay yes. with betraying and cheating and taking that money to spend on massage parlors and now whining and dining. I mean, it's just, it's, it's so bad. Yep. yep. And clearly, yep. you can see where he spent that money. I yep. think that sounds like he he does that on purpose too, to show you. Okay, you could have been the one that I'm taking out to the high end restaurants. Um, but that's the funny thing is he never did.
1: I, I you know, he he's he has a lot of speaking engagements. He's a public speaker, and um, gets paid a lot of money to do those things. And I always said to him, I'm like, God, I'm so jealous. You always get to have all these amazing dinners and I'm not allowed to go. You know, you really should take me out to all of these restaurants. Like every time you go out for a speaking engagement, we should have a date night where you take me back to that restaurant so I get to have that nice dinner. And he never did. He never planned evenings out, um, nothing like that. And, um, And so it's really hurtful. Um, It hurts my heart when I look at the credit card bill and I see all of the, you know, beautiful restaurants that he's clearly taking um, his dates to. Um, And and he'll do and say hurtful things to me. Um, We were driving um, our son to to take him to college to drop him off. And we were trying to do that as a family. Um, Our son requested that. And things went really smoothly up until we're on our way home. And I said, hey, you you keep listening to um, Bob Marley. Like you listened to it all day yesterday. You listened to it all day t- today. What's up with the new fascination with Bob Marley? And, and he's, a music, he's a music guy. He loves all kinds of different kinds of music. But um, his response was, um, oh, you know, it just relaxes me. And so I said, okay. And I took that at face value and continued doing whatever I was doing. And about 15, 20 seconds later, he said, well, if you insist on knowing the woman that I'm dating really
0: likes Bob Marley. It's so childish, though. Like, clearly he's he wants to hurt you. He's probably still resentful that you finally drew a line and left left him behind. Yeah. And I want to that speaking about resentful. So you mentioned that throughout the marriage, when you didn't want to stay in a foreign country and wanted to go back and other occasions, when you mentioned he was resentful, he was unhappy. Like, how did that play out? How, what did he do when he was resentful when he was unhappy?
1: Well, his story um, up until I found out that actually he had been cheating on me our whole marriage, right? Way way back to our adoption um his story was he grew really resentful and that's when he started acting out so he blamed his infidelity on me on me that i didn't let him live internationally like he wanted to and that i got this new really great job and relocated the family so that i could pursue my professional endeavors um the narrative and the explanation for his infidelity up until January was that story. When I found out that he had actually been cheating on me earlier than when we decided we weren't going to live internationally, that whole story fell apart. And, um, so that's, you know, that's kind of how that happened. Um, the last thing I just want to, the last thing I wanted to say, which I haven't said yet, um, is that my body is extremely intuitive. And there were were signs in my body that the marriage was not a good marriage or there were things wrong with the marriage from the honeymoon. In my 20s, I had a lot of significant digestion and bowel issues. Very, very significant. Um. Attributed them to food and stress, not to the marriage. Um, Throughout our marriage, I had other various ailments and problems. During the pandemic, when he was having his full-blown year-long affair, I developed an eating disorder. I've never had disordered eating in my life. And I developed binge eating disorder, gained a lot of weight. Um, he criticized me for that. He called me names. He called me fat and frumpy. Um, And um, I did not realize that all of these things were my body telling me that something was very, very wrong. So in addition to, you know, the healing work that I've done through both traditional cognitive therapy and um, lots of emotional healing work related to, um, you know, meditation. I adopted a meditation practice that's daily. Um, I, I do, um, inner child work, reparenting. Um, I do a lot of forgiveness work using the Ho'oponopono tradition. Um, I would say fa- foundationally meditation is the, um, is the center of, of all of my work, but, um, for the most part, my emotional healing work and my cognitive therapy work with my therapist has really helped me heal. But now what I do differently is I pay attention to my body. Mm -hmm. So thing happens. I don't actually attribute it anymore to stress or food. I ask myself, what's going on that my body could be signaling?
0: Yes. And and that uh, totally happened to me too, personally, right before I left my ex-husband, I had the weirdest symptoms. I actually ended up in the ER and had like colon issue. And they, they were so surprised when I went to the follow-up appointment, my doctor said, okay, you are absolutely not a typical patient for that to happen. It's really obese people. It's really old age people who don't move, don't exercise. I'm Healthy, two young kids on my feet all day. But then in hindsight, I saw I had back pain for like the longest time. And no matter what I did, the back pain wouldn't go away. And then I stepped out of the marriage and the symptoms slowly but surely all went away. And then I realized, wow, how different you actually feel. Because I was also in a long-term marriage and you get so used to feeling a certain way. You don't know until you feel differently, right? Yes, And I want to ask you one more thing, because I think a typical sign of like a serial cheater or narcissism is that they, when they get their supply met, because now you know that he, there were several instances where he cheated. Could you tell that he was easier for you to deal with when he was actually cheating, having a girlfriend? And when he was not having anyone, that's when he was hard on you, like not so nice, not so kind to you.
1: I I don't think that I can really um, I don't think I can really track that um, in particular. Um, um, I know that I've read that and I've seen that. I, I don't I don't really think that that's um, our situation in particular. I think that. Um, what shocked me the most, especially about the year long affair, was um you know, once I went through his phone and and whatnot, I could tell that like he would text me a picture and then he would text her a picture mm. he would you know reach out and communicate to me and then he would reach out and communicate to her. I think he just really truly wanted to lead a double life that's mm. what i do. he really wanted to um have the perfect home. You know, we, we had a beautiful love story. Um, Many, many people were envious, right? That we had this beautiful, youthful, fell in love, and then had this very successful life, moved into a beautiful home in a beautiful city, had great children. Um, You know, we were very well respected in our community. And, and I think that that picture and that illusion was actually what he wanted. Mm-hmm. And he hard to maintain that he also wanted to have this other life he wanted to be living in deceit and deception he wanted to get away with things that mil- it made him feel powerful it made him feel strong um, he comes from a family of cheaters. his dad um, cheated on his mother and all of his other partners and wives um, throughout his life. his grandfather did as well so this is part of his lineage and um, you know I've read, Tons of books about infidelity, tons of books about covert narcissism. Um, I can barely get through the sex addiction book um, because it's just so hurtful. Um, when I read it, it, it it's like my life has been written in a book. And so that's really hard to read. So I'm going through that one much more slowly. Um, but it really, truly feels like I was married to someone that I didn't know. Or I knew part of him. And the other part of him, he kept so covert.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I didn't know that part of him at all.
0: And I know, you know, it's, I'm, I'm really grateful that you agreed to come on here because that's like, uh, that's a lot to work through a lot that happened to you. But I really think it's so important that you share your story for women to see. It's not always clear and you can be in in like your marriage was over 20 years, right? Like in a really- yeah, 24 years, married 29 years together this year, So almost 30 years. You think, you mm-hmm. know, someone, but it's mm-hmm. not your fault. It's because they are so like you said, so skillful. And I think he took it even to the next level, because yeah. a lot of women I talk to in hindsight, they see, oh, yeah, he was always nice when he was with the other woman when something was going on with over there with her there were problems um I could tell he would let it out on me but he sounds like a whole different level he was able to I mean remain sending both of you pictures and really keep up that double life so I just want for women to know it's not their fault there's men out there who are so so skillful and you they built that trust over so many years. Yeah. We don't see that. And
1: and I and I should note, you know, the woman who was involved in the affair, um, you know, she, she was also married and had kids and she knew me. She'd been to my house several times. Um, she she was equally as deceptive and um and covert about everything. Um now she stayed with her spouse, um, they're working on their marriage. Um, and so, you know, um, my ex-husband did not stay together with her, but, but she was equal in the deception and the lies. And I just want to say that because, um, it takes two to tangle. And sometimes the women don't know that their, uh, boyfriend or their partner is, has another family. Um, I, I'm in a, I have a friend who's in that same exact situation. She, the partner did not know at all that there was a whole second family, but um, in this case, she did know, and she is equally to blame. And um, it really, um, it really frustrates me that there are women out there that would do that, especially women with children, right? She had to, and she had a husband who could potentially be violent. He has access. He's in law enforcement. He has access to weapons. And so for a few months, I was very, very scared that when he found out about what was going on, that he was going to you know, come after you know, my children's dad. They were going to come after me, come after my children. <clears throat> Luckily, none, none of that happened. But
0: oh, my God, Lauren, I'm like, I can't even... <sighs> belief you had to go through all of this? Um, It's good to
1: talk about it. It's good to share the story. I encourage, um, I just encourage all women who even suspect that there's something going on to not dismiss those signs um, and to get help and support and to reach out for help and support because you can't do it alone. Um, And also just to know that the minute you step into your power and you make the decision to honor yourself, and to do what is right for you, um, everything will open up. I I have a wonderful new job that I started last semester. I'm finishing my doctorate in education. I um, I, I, know that I'm going to meet the man of my dreams. I know that I'm going to meet- And you
0: deserve person. it so I much. know I will. <laughs> and it's coming. I know, I feel that too. Yeah, thank you so much. You're I'm welcome. really happy. You opened up and shared all of that. Thank you. Thank you.